0: SAFM leading the conversation countrywide. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
1: We continue the conversation on SAFM and we're certainly going to uh, keep a close eye on those hearings, the interview process at the Judicial Service Commission today. uh, The Gauteng Judge President Dunstan Mlambo is getting his opportunity in terms of being in the hot seat and being interviewed uh, by the panel that is, of course, uh, looking for the country's next Chief Justice. So uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on the remainder of that interview. For now, I want us to to just change gears slightly and we're going to be taking a look at World Cancer Day Education. And this interview is brought to you by BD Africa. Let me welcome onto the show as we get ready to mark World Cancer Day tomorrow. We're going to be focusing on the importance of uh, technology in cancer diagnosis and treatment. Professor Jackie Smilg is a diagnostic radiologist and head of breast imaging at the Charlotte Matrake Johannesburg Academic Hospital. Uh, good morning to you, Prof. And Thanks for your time today
0: hi good morning Kathy and good morning to your listeners and thank you for the
1: invitation Ian Wakefield is the country manager for BD Africa Ian good morning
2: Again, great to have you on the show. Thank you.
1: I think, Professor Smilk, let me begin with you and just perhaps give us a a picture when it comes to um, cancer in, in South Africa and the role that we are seeing technology play in advancing treatment for cancer patients.
0: So cancer, specifically breast cancer, which is my field of expertise, mm. is a significant disease in South Africa. It was the most frequently diagnosed cancer in South African women um, and accounted for about 25 percent of all new cancers in South Africa in 2020. So it is certainly of a great relevance to the population, and just to add there that it's also not only women that can get breast cancer, men can be affected by the disease. The disease itself has a significant impact. On um, countries and technology has played a huge role in allowing us to diagnose and intervene in the um, diagnostic procedures or treatment of the disease to improve patient outcomes.
1: When it comes to the challenges that we are facing as a country in providing access to treatment to those who are diagnosed with breast cancer, what would you say some that you have found in your your practice have been?
0: So I'm actually in the diagnostic side of the disease. Mm -hmm. I'm a diagnostic radiologist. so I'm doing the, the imaging that will allow us to find the breast cancer in the individual. I would then hand over after that cancer diagnosis to my colleagues in other medical specialties for the treatment. The treatment in breast cancer is multifactorial. It may involve surgery. It may involve radiation therapy. And it may involve the use of chemotherapy drugs. So there's a lot of ways we can treat breast cancer and access to those does vary across the country.
1: Mm-hmm. And when it comes to diagnosis then, oftentimes of course you, you, you highlight the importance of, of screening in being able to pick up what is happening in, in one's body. Are there specific risk factors for breast cancer? Absolutely, so
0: there's no one cause for breast cancer. There are a lot of things that contribute to the development of breast cancer. We all are very familiar of the genetic link, the Angelina Jolie gene, as it's sometimes called, although there are multiple genes that can be associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. And there we look at family histories. Patients that have significant family members numbers of family members with previous breast cancer may potentially be at an increased risk for breast cancer. But having said that, about 60% of breast cancers will occur in in patients with no family history. So that is not the only contributing factor. The hormonal environment that the individual patient finds themselves under may also influence the development of breast cancer. Things like early menarche, the age that the person starts their periods, and a late age of menopause where there's a large... Um, number of years of hormonal exposure may increase the patient's risk of breast cancer. Breastfeeding, um, contrary to that, has a slightly protective risk for breast cancer. Women on hormonal replacement therapy later in life may have an increased risk of breast cancer. There are then other factors to do with lifestyle factors, the um, use of excessive alcohol, the lack of physical activity, um, diets that are high in um, saturated fat, all increase our risk of breast cancer. Um, Being overweight does put the patient at increased risk. And then there are other things like the actual density of the breast tissue in the individual person that may Mm. contribute towards it as well as some other smaller risk factors. So there are lots of things that can cause... Breast cancer, and probably we don't even know
1: all of the risks at the moment. Mm. When it comes to again breast cancer diagnosis, often what is emphasized is screening. And um, in the awareness campaigns, we're often told about what it is um, that we need to be doing to be on the lookout for any changes, uh, as you're saying, in breast tissue. Speak to us a little bit more about the screening.
0: So the goal of screening for breast cancer is to find the disease very early in the the disease process and before symptoms actually occur. So the benefit of um, mammography in breast cancer is that we can actually take an x-ray of the breast to hopefully find that cancer on our x-rays before even the woman would be aware of it. So early detection of breast cancer certainly reduces death, it extends life expectancy and it improves the quality of life for the patients. and for that We advocate the use of mammography screening that is an X-ray of the breast for all ladies between the ages of 40 and at least the age of 70, although that is not an absolute date of termination. In terms of the woman herself, if she is examining her breasts, what to look for, we want them to look for new lumps that they may feel in the breast changes in the skin discoloration or dimpling or puckering changes in the nipple or any discharges from the nipple are things that the patient should be aware of and then maybe seek medical advice as to whether there is something more serious or not
1: Ian, let me come to you here and talk about some of the innovations that are taking place where screening is concerned and the options that are available for patients
2: Yeah, I think as has been identified by the professor, I think screening is absolutely critical and early diagnosis key. But often many patients with oncology are often fearful of the process for screening and especially the, the, the fear that they may discover lesions or However, what is critical, the earlier discovery does lead to improved prognosis. Within the diagnostic space, there has been innovation that has happened to diagnosis and, and taking the diagnostic sample. An example of this is vacuum-assisted breast biopsy, which is really looking at, at a non-surgical procedure. So it doesn't happen in theater. It can happen within the, the radiologist's rooms. And really, there's a hollow needle with a vacuum-assisted pump where a little blade finally chops up the lesion after it's been identified um, through assistance. Uh, and therefore that sample is taken. Again, this is a, a procedure which happens very quickly within a well, one-hour procedure within the doctor's rooms, and it doesn't happen in theater. Also, because it's an outpatient procedure, there's less discomfort, and again, it doesn't involve cutting of the breast. So again, while there's often with early diagnosis and screening, they're fearful in terms of the process and the procedure, a lot of advances have been made in terms of making the diagnosis early. And I think the point to reinforce, screening is critical, early diagnosis is critical, because that leads to improved prognosis and outcome for for patients in the oncology space.
1: And are are we finding that there are differences when it comes to the public versus the private healthcare centers where screening is concerned?
2: Yes, I think, unfortunately, there are differences Early on, uh, you mentioned I'm part of the Africa organization and lead the Africa organization for BD. And different healthcare systems in different countries allow different levels of access. And one of the key things that we as a company do is work across both the private sector and the public sector um, and through partnership to see how we can improve access. And I think that is really critical to become in- a which acts. Are-
1: I, uh, Ian, Ian, I'm okay, sorry. We seem we seem to be losing. We seem to be losing you there. I'm not sure if you're able to move around a bit, but the quality of that connection is just fading. Uh.
2: Is that a little
1: better? No, unfortunately not. Let's see if we can try and uh, redial Ian and bring him back up on the line. Uh, Professor Smilk, back to you perhaps just uh, for you to also just speak on what you may have noted uh, to be some of the experiences when it comes to screening in public versus private hospitals or facilities rather.
0: Absolutely, Kathy. I head one of the units in the Charlotte Bachecki Hospital, which is a large public hospital here in Ghateng. And there are certainly centers of breast um, imaging excellence within both the public sector and the private sector. It's important that patients seek out areas that specialize in that particular field. In my field, it would be the, the, the imaging of early breast cancer. And we're lucky enough in the urban areas to have many of those centers, both, as I say, in the public and the private sectors, so that we can offer patients um, state-of-the-art treatment. Obviously, going out into the rural areas, it does become a little bit more problematic, I think, in both public and state. So patients would tend to have to come into the more urban areas.
1: And what is what is it going to take, you know, to, to, to change that and to, you know, increase that access across the board?
0: It's facilities and trained staff, so it's a multifactorial approach to it as well. You have to have the equipment as well as the staff with suitable training. In breast mammography, there is accreditation um, and quality control that goes for both the machines and the staff. So both of those are... Um, need to be addressed if you want to build these centers of excellence.
1: Mm, so it's about increasing the, the kind of capacity that these institutions have. Ian, I understand we have you back up on the line. Can you hear me clearly? Yes,
2: my apologies for the poor sound Earlier they've gone paid get back
1: no, in touch. No, no problem at all. So you were just talking us through the challenges and the differences from your perspective that uh, you have noted between the public and the private sectors.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's a universal challenge in healthcare where differences in access depending on the healthcare system, different countries, private or public. And one of the areas, and I think critical for us, is as an organization, we try to see how do we work collaboratively to improve access for patients. So across Africa, we work with number of initiatives, um, both private and public and ministries of health, through, and I think some of the points with the professor just mentioned through empowering around education, improving skill sets through training, and then looking at access from technology within the different sectors um, in healthcare across Africa. So that's one of the commitments that we as, a, as an organization continue to look to, exp- to explore.
1: Mm. And, and the issue of cost is that often a barrier? To, to why technology is, is not rolled out? And, of course, it's in it's addition to some of the other issues around capacity building that uh, Professor Smilk mentioned.
2: I think one of the issues is around cost, but it's also around prioritization. And I think especially in the oncology space, in Africa specifically, you find diseases like HIV, TB, malaria, have a much higher level of prominence than on co- oncology and related diseases, mm. and some of it, and I think one of the things, in terms of cancer awareness, is the fact that we need to raise this awareness amongst patients themselves around what they need to do around disease education, and also engage with with stakeholders, because through that awareness and and really putting women's health front and centres, um, better prioritisation around funding would allow access. Because, going in, in health, it's a, bar, it's a competing space. Um, and some disease areas have more promise due to epidemiology within uh, different countries. Mm.
1: Professor Smilk, I want to talk to you about the challenges that you often uh, find, at least th- by way of your patients, for why it is that people are not being screened and why it is that often, you know, breast cancer is uh, discovered at, at a later stage.
0: I think there are a lot of things that can contribute towards it. Um, I think often it is just upfront fear. People have the fear of a cancer diagnosis and they feel that that is an all doom and gloom diagnosis. There may be also education and awareness campaigns come in there where we can teach people that just because we're not seeing it, it doesn't mean it's going to go away. And if we leave it, it's only going to progress. Mm -hmm. And that progression is going to negatively impact them. Getting an early diagnosis, yes, it is a cancer diagnosis, but it's definitely not necessarily a death sentence. And with the um, improving technologies and treatment options nowadays, there's certainly a lot of positive outcome that can come. And we've got a lot of long-term survival on early diagnosed breast cancer. So patients often stay away from us because of fear. Sometimes it's because of that perception of discomfort or pain that they hear about a mammogram is painful and they actually don't come purely because of that and with our new machines and our new technologies again that really shouldn't be a major factor these examinations are not painful they may be uncomfortable and cause a little bit of discomfort at the time but the benefit of the diagnosis and the reassurance because just to remind your listeners that eight out of ten breast lumps that they will feel are going to be normal lumps they are not going to be cancer lumps Mm. so instead of sitting at home stressing about whether something is serious or not take it to the medical professionals and hopefully get reassurance
1: for those people who perhaps do not come from families who um, have a predisposition to breast cancer who have uh, family members who've, who've had breast cancer, how often would you suggest that they get screened?
0: So absolutely, we go with the um, screening recommendations from many of the countries around the world where we recommend that all ladies from the age of 40 until at least, 70 years of age and maybe beyond should present themselves once a year for a screening mammogram. If people do have a family history with a family member with breast cancer, we say come five years prior to the age of diagnosis of that family member and we will start screening you.
1: Mm. Ian, let's talk about what then the rollout of technology uh, that is improving the, the screening techniques, what you're hoping that is going to do uh, in encouraging people to come forward, but in also identifying uh, cancer at very early stages.
2: I think for us, we do need to have a fairly comprehensive approach in terms of how we address the area of cancer and breast cancer. And for us, one, yes, it is the rollout of technology and providing access and training clinicians with regards to it. But I think that has to go hand in hand with increased awareness and patient education about um, areas on breast cancer, doing self examination, et cetera. Because the fix to cancer, and in terms of have, it's really about having an integrated approach, it starts with patient awareness, it starts with uh, making sure that in healthcare practices, there is the necessary technology and the trained clinicians for those technology. And that, for us, is critical. And really, as a, as a, as a company, those are all the areas which we look to be involved in and partnering with. Actually, today, with uh, the Pink Drive initiative, we, we're actually outside Barrow in the tax rank. There are mobile clinics which are offering, for example, free breast examination and mammographies, um, free prostate cancer treatments, Prostate cancer diagnosis, as well as the pap smear cervical cancer, um, and that is really to, to uh, really with. And one of the interesting things which found as it was at the Barrow at taxi rank this morning, is for the first time I know we're speaking about breast cancer. It was interesting to see that males coming up and it says, "Where do I go for the male test for prostate?" And that is not typically something that would be on a person's mind as they're walking to work in the morning. So for me, this real general awareness around oncology and cancers both for males and females, having the, the access to screening and then the next follow-up and next diagnosis tool is really part of the, the shift we need to make to improve outcomes, especially in the women's health and cancer space.
1: Professor Smilk, before I let you go, any particular message that you want um, people to be aware of, to be mindful of ahead of World Cancer Day tomorrow?
0: Absolutely. I think Ian has touched on it several times with his awareness and education. Get out there, find out information so that you don't um, listen to old wives' tales, that you do the correct thing, you find it early, you give yourself the best chance of a good and healthy long life. Ian, Come for your mammogram sure. screening or do self-breast examination and present if you find a problem.
1: All right, no problem. Thanks for that, uh, Professor Jackie Smulg. She's a diagnostic radiologist and head of breast imaging at the Charlotte Maxeke Johannesburg Academic Hospital. She's also an adjunct professor in the Department of Radiology School of Clinical Medicine at Wits University. And Ian Wakefield is the country manager for BD Africa there. And this interview has been brought to you by BD Africa. So the message is... Please, please, please go and get screened. Ian says that they are out uh, at Barrow Hospital today. Um, If you're in that part of uh, Gauteng, please be sure to to go and uh, take advantage of those free screening opportunities.